What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Plays podcast. Vernon and Damo back on the show, and we're coming at you Monday. We just got off a Wizards victory against the Magic. We're going to talk about the four games they had since the last time we recorded. Going to go over some trade talk and much more. But first off, how are you on this fine Black Monday in the NFL 2 and 2 Wizards week? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm 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 kind of I don't know. I'm, uh, the season now is kind of at a at a. I feel like we're at a fork in the road. Like, you know, their their record. If you had told me with all the guys that have been kind of in and out in the in the lineup, uh, the backcourt not really playing up to the expectation we kind of thought they would as a tandem. Um. You know, Rui not really not playing until, you know, last night and key guys out that they would be 500. I would have took that before the year. Um, But I think now we're at a point where it's like, okay, we know what this team is good at. We know what they're not good at. Now it's time to it's time to really kick it in gear and either make a move or blow this thing up, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Um, again, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year, you know, we'd be hovering around 500. We'd, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have anticipated that, but we're clearly in a in a play in team range right now, which is kind of, you know, that's where I had us at the beginning of the year. But the context is important, I think, and, and the way that we started off the season, you know, I knew that we weren't going to keep that up, but th- just that the really like hard crash and the way that they've been playing basketball lately and we're still not seeing some things connect like you would be hoping that they would at this point in the season I think there is room for frustration and disappointment and to feel like that this group overall hasn't achieved and and I don't buy that well if we're supposed to be a 500 team and we start the year like winning five in a row and then we lose five in a row like those losses those five losses in a row to me aren't acceptable just because like you were projecting them to be around like a certain point like um, i'm not an excuse guy or anything like that and, and i hate giving teams passes like especially with my own teams like i hold and perhaps and i don't know because i had them as a playing team so i guess my expectations weren't that high coming into the season but during the season, like on a day in and day out basis, I hold my team to a higher expectation and a higher standard because I've seen what their best ball looks like. And when they played their worst ball, to me, it's it's a lot of self-inflicted stuff. And so that's been kind of eating at me over time now and for a while, ju- just because like I know what this team is capable of. And I'm not asking you to to go through stretches where you go eight and two, 10 and three again. Like that's not what I'm asking this team to do, but I feel like right now it's like the the good teams we can't seem to beat. And then the bad teams, it's, it's a nail biter. Yeah. I mean, I think, see, I think they compete against the good team. Like, I feel like they, it's kind of the same old wizards. Like they beat teams that you don't think they should beat. Like when they beat the jazz, like, and they kind of beat them pretty convincingly closing out that fourth quarter. Um, you know, they beat the Bucks. They beat, I mean, they, they should have beat the, the Bulls that first game. Like, I, they lost it on the buzzer, but I feel like they outplayed the Bulls <clears throat> in every category. Um, they just couldn't really hit their threes. Um, and then DeRozan hit that, that garbage at the end. But, like, I feel like they've played well against the good teams, uh, you know, given the schedule and then all of the road games they've had, because they've still had more road games than home games so far this year. Um, <clears throat> But it's just it's those those losses to, you know, the the, the Pelicans or the, the the you know losing to the uh, the Kings, losing to uh, the Rockets. Those those losses, you're like, come on, man! Like you can't you can't do that and call yourself a good team. And and it's just like you know maybe it's the Wizards just aren't a good team. It, it, it kind of just balances out. Like they're gonna be a team that they're gonna win some games that they're not supposed to win. And then they're going to, 
lose some games that that they're supposed to win. So, you know, that's just that's just what it is when you're a 500 ball club, you know. Um, and I think they started the season 14 and 8, right? And then they went on like the worst stretch ever going 1 and 7. And then since then, they've pretty much been like 500 again. Like, but I think that one and seven stretch like really did them in because if you take that out, you know they were kind of they were kind of headed towards almost 50 wins. Um, you know, but it's just like, how do we get them back to that level? Because it's it's there <laughs> in them. They just got to defend. I think. Yeah, that's been the the most disappointing thing for me is we can talk about the offense or whatever. I mean, let's be real. The offense has been shit all season outside of like, a you know, a handful of games. But I mean, at the beginning of the season, they were locking down and they were defending and, you know, they were winning games and then they were playing that same style, but then they were losing. So it's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and speed it up. But now we speed the game up, but now they're not defending. So it's frustrating and I'm not exactly sure what the right formula is to get this right but we can kind of get into this now um but we can maybe get some of the talk in from the from the past games in here um as we have this conversation but um it's to to me there's personnel changes that need to be made with this team and we saw last night against the magic um even though we came with a win that's great you know i mean we had been saying in our chat Wes has got to stop trying to be friends with everybody and make everybody happy, and you got to make tough decisions. And I'm pretty sure every active player last night played, if I if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so, the, there's changes that need to be made, and I'm not exactly sure what players they need to move to to to, to bring in bigger pieces, but. This whole talk of having young players finally and having assets, right? That word assets. Ideally, to me, when I think of assets, I use of, I think of guys that you, you clump together and you say, okay, these are our young pieces that we can move to, to bring in a bigger piece. And that's not just players, that's draft picks as well. Like, right, like the Oklahoma City Thunder stacked up with assets mostly with draft picks but i feel like we have enough young talent and just other talent in general that other teams could use to where i feel we could bring back an upgrade and i don't i just the whole asset talk it's i don't understand what the what the point of having all these assets are if you're just going to hoard them and we're not really seeing them you know grow in a sense partly because some of these guys may not be able to find minutes where on other teams they're getting 25 minutes a night. I mean, it, for us, it's not going to happen because we have so many playable guys and Wes Unsell Jr. is trying to do his best to, to balance it out and keep everyone happy. But realistically, at some point, something's going to give. And it's not just going to be one or two guys that are upset. It's going to be three or four guys that are upset that they're not getting the playing time that they feel like they should be getting. So to me, you have some young players. You have some veterans that could be of some value, whether as expiring contracts for other teams or maybe a chip for a team that's underachieving and they feel like they need to bring someone else in. But they need to make some moves, man. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it for a while, man. Assets don't win in the league, man. I mean, you watch the Boston Celtics have assets for eternity. And what has it netted them? It's netted them nothing. Um, you know, those assets turn into drafted players and those drafted players pan out or don't pan out. And then you got to make a decision on whether to pay them. And at that point, their value is steadily dropping. So yeah. I feel like the Wizards have to really you got to know what you have, man. Like and I think you got to identify that early so that, OK, we know what this guy is. We know what he's going to be. That's going to decide whether or not we keep him. Um or or move him on for somebody that's better right now to help us win because what you don't want is your year three, year four, year five with a guy and you still don't know what he is and his value has you know decreased. Um, I think I think Troy Brown Jr. is an example of that. Luckily, Tommy was able to hit on a gaffer trade, but you know you got to know what Rui is. You got to know what Denny is. Um, you got to know what these guys are and make a decision based off of that. And it's, you're not going to find out by playing these guys 10 to 15 minutes a night or, you know, uh, 
hovering around like maybe 17, 18. Like you're going to have to give guys like that, like, like 22 to 31, 32 minutes a night. And it's hard when you have so many playable guys like Neto and holiday. And um, you still have Bertans who's making 16. You really just want him rotting on the bench. You just drafted Kispert, a first round pick. He's supposed to translate well on the floor. Like uh, KCP, you know, who's a veteran and we knew was going to be the starting three. Like even like right when we traded him, we're like, well, he's probably going to be the starting three. Like that was before we even knew anything about the roster. We were like, he's going to be the starting three. Um, so yeah, it's going to show you how talent deficient you were. We were like KCP pegged and that's a starter. Um, he's not even really a three. I think skill set wise, he's a three, just size wise. He's not. And that's kind of, that's right. kind of the, the troubling thing. Uh, but I see him more as a three and D shooting guard, like kind of like a Danny Green. Um, like yeah, you don't want him dribbling. But, no, you know. no, you put him at the two though, because he he can guard that position much better than trying to guard six foot eight, six foot nine wing players. All right, and then we had a report coming out from Sham Sharani. I guess it was this morning. I only saw it for a brief moment, so I don't know if this was something that came out last night or if it was today or whatever, but apparently the wizards are one of the teams interested in Jeremy Grant. Now I had said, and you agreed with me on a podcast that we recorded a while back and saying that contract value wise, and given what we knew about the players that Denny had higher value than Jeremy Grant. And I no longer believe that to be true. And if they were to try and make a swing for Jeremy Grant and the, the Pistons wanted Denny. I have no problem doing that deal. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this whole conversation and see if your mind has changed on the subject and maybe what you would give up to, to bring Jeremy in. Yeah, so how much is Jeremy making? How much, what's his contract looking like? 19 or 20, I think, somewhere in there. Yeah, so... I think you – I wouldn't want to give up a young player and a first-round pick for him. But if it's one or the other, plus a Bertans or, you know, veteran filler, i do it. Um, because I don't, I don't feel like – like where Jeremy Grant is now, that's pretty much where you want Denny to be at three, four, five years from now. Um, the question is, do you believe that's actually going to happen? And do you have the time to wait for that to happen? Right. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, I was never really high on Denny to begin with. I don't, I don't think he's a bust or a bad player. I think he's going to be like a solid, you know, role player, seventh man, or, you know, role player, starter, connector type piece. Um, but do I think he could be what Jeremy Grant is now, like a 20 and 7? I don't. Um, so if you're telling me I could trade Denny plus some vet salary filler to get Jeremy Grant, that's an upgrade to me. I'm doing that. As long as the owner is willing to pay the money. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm doing that deal. Now, if it's going to cost Denny, Rui, and a pick or Denny and two picks, I'm not doing that because Jeremy Grant ain't that nice. But, uh, yeah, on, on his face, yeah, I'm doing a Denny for Jeremy Grant swap. Yeah, I think I definitely would too. And I, I think that there's a way where you can swing like a Jeremy Grant trade. And then also if you wanted to go after a guy like Sabonis, like I think there's absolutely a, a painted scenario where you can get both. I mean, we have the the salary to to make that sort of deal, you know, if you wanted to bring in – uh, Sabonis, for example. I mean, you would have to give up Kuzma, which I know Wizards fans at this point probably don't want to do. And, and I get it. I'm just using it as an example. You know, if if they if they wanted to to make a, a big swing and and shake up the roster, you could acquire two guys around that salary range. Um, you know, again, you have to consider draft capital and all that, and what what each team would want. And but j- just saying, it's possible. But uh, is who would kind of still is Eric Gordon like your number one trade target right now? Is it Sabonis? Like, where are you kind of leaning with that? Of, of the realistic possibilities, I would probably have 
Man, I I still would probably have Sabonis one because I just think an all star is an all star. Like you get the all star and then you you figure it out later. Like kinda like what the Bulls did, like getting Sabonis for us now would be kinda like what the Bulls did getting Vucevic. Um, you know, it's not a move to help you win right this instant, but it sets you up for a better better talent pool, you know, after after the season is over, where you can really like put talent around those core guys. Um, but then I would go probably Eric Gordon as far as the way the roster is built right now. But like it's hard to like the roster as it is now is not the roster that is gonna be next year or even two years from now in my opinion because if you look at all the guys that are on expiring deals like and then just so much overlap at at power forward like can you really say that this roster is set in stone like i'm not i'm not acquiring talent to this team to fit what we have right now like i'm acquiring talent so that we can make a move to put together a, a, a contender and that's going to mean some guys being shipped out of here because this roster isn't complete. It's so imbalanced. So I'm not going to bring in, oh, we got to get this type of player because we got six power forwards. Well, them six power forwards can go like, like it's not. It, it, there's nobody on this team for me where I'm like, oh, we have to uh, uh, bring in this type of player to fit their skill set because. You know, they're definitely keep we're definitely keeping them here. Like, no, you go get the talent and you figure it out afterward. I I think Sabonis would still be a good fit, as I've maintained several times, and not to sound repetitive, but I'm fine with Sabonis. He has to be a five to me. I don't want him as a four next to Gafford. You can do it in stints. That's not the main lineup I would trot out there on the floor. Again, if it, you watch Pacers games, he he plays the five for the Pacers, he defends fives for the Pacers, he doesn't. Um, he he doesn't play the four. Miles Turner technically plays the the four for them for his ability to stretch the floor and perhaps is a little bit more laterally quick to to deal with modern fours and that sort of thing. So um, I'm I'm fine with Sabonis. I still think that I would try and move Dinwiddie if you can. Um, you know if you can't, whatever. But and try and bring in Eric Gordon and run Beal at point. I think that's kind of my my preferred option at this point. But I don't know. Definitely fit better next to Beal than 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 what he has for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying that the the Rockets take Dinwiddie. I've had this conversation with different people at different points. Look, I I get it, but I still think there's a scenario that you can paint where another team will will take Dinwiddie somewhere. You also have to keep in mind that that last year on Dinwiddie's contract is not fully guaranteed. So if a team were to cut him. I think they'd only be responsible for like ten million. I think is what it was, or something like that. I don't exactly remember. I'd have to look, but that is more enticing for those rebuilding teams. That a couple of years down the line, if they want to shed some extra salary, you know, they they, they don't have to keep him. Um, and the same thing with Eric Gordon. Like if Eric Gordon gets here and he sucks, the the final year of his contract, we don't have to keep. Him. I know that the last year of his contract, I think is is um, if we cut him, there there's no guaranteed money. I thought that was the case. I could be wrong, but I thought that's what it was the last time I looked at it. But, I mean, it'll be an interesting month now. I think we're we're under a month now, right? Or, or no, we are exactly a month away from the NBA trade deadline the, as the, the deadline is February 10th. So uh, I'm sure we'll start hearing some things and, and rumors leading up to them. But these next few weeks should be – Interesting and telling because, I mean, if they keep this whole roster, that's fine. But you're going to piss a lot of guys off. Yeah, I don't I don't see Tommy punting on Dinwiddie yet. Not in year one, not after 40 games. You know, I don't I don't see him doing that because like swapping out starting point guards in the middle of the season so early, like. I don't see him doing it. So I think. We're stuck with Dinwiddie, um, and I think maybe you, you know, maybe move him to the bench or, you know, but I don't think he's moving, moving Dinwiddie. I think again, I'm looking at the guys that are on expiring contracts, and then maybe one of the youngins, uh, 
you know, Rui or Denny? Like, what is what is he sending out with that package? What can you get back with that? Right. Well, let's go ahead and um, get into our picks for this week. The Wizards play three games until the next time we will talk, and it looks like we have – and it'll be three home games, which is nice. I think we have a nice stretch of home games here. I think uh, – let me see. I forget exactly what that – looked like but i think it's like four or five in a row i think we have now um, and sixers yep and that's it's actually eight in a row be wow One, two, three, four, yep. five, six, seven, eight. yep eight in a row All that <laughs> and then there. then we're on the road for three and then we have four more back at home <laughs> yeah i mean because the first half of the season we had more most of our two thirds of our games were on the road so yeah. now we're gonna we're gonna get the inverse of that. So I mean, they they gotta win now. They got it's time now. Okay, so we have the Thunder, Magic, and Trailblazers this week. I'm going bold. I'm going win for all of them. They need to, yeah, yeah. Twenty three and twenty looks a lot better than twenty and twenty. So yeah, they need they, to win all of them. They should be four to six games above five hundred right now. Yeah. They really should, but again, it, it like I said, it balances out because they've won some games that they probably shouldn't have won. So, fair enough. So you got three wins for these as well, or are you going to put a loss in there somewhere? Yeah, I'm gonna put three on here. Okay. They, 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 need get, they need to get it going in the worst way. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm stuck. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Any sort of, um, I mean, I guess we could talk about, uh, let's talk about Rui's debut. I thought that was interesting. Um, you, you know, he obviously shooting the ball wasn't all the way there, but again, I, the, the, the way the team has shot my, my expectation in terms of shooting is so low outside of like KCP Kispert, like those are guys that I expect you to shoot the three ball well. Like everyone at Bertans too. Everyone else, I'm kind of like, eh, you're probably going to miss a lot more than you make. I, I don't care. My expectation for you is low. Um, and, and Rui's kind of in that same boat until he proves that he can be like a, a fringe 37 percent three point shooter, which I'm, I'm hoping that we can get. But it could probably take him some time. But feel of the game wise and just seeing him be out there, you know, I mean, I thought he looked good, all things considered. Yeah, he's got to get his feeling and touch back. Um, I was encouraged to see him dunk the ball. Yes. Um, I felt like, you know, he he didn't look really winded or anything to me. I felt like he could have played more for real. Um, but, yeah, he's he's he looked fine to me. Like, he just, he just rusty. Um, you know, but I like what I saw for a guy who hasn't played with the Wizards since June. So here, here's an interesting thing that I that I'm that I just thought about. So we saw last night how they had Kuzma at the five, Rui and Denny all at the same time. Now that we have Thomas Bryant coming back and Trez is going to be back, how do they work out those those center position minutes? Because someone is going to get pissed, and I guarantee you, it's going to be Trez. Oh, it's definitely going to be Trez, which is why I think they need to be trying to find a deal for him. Because I just yeah. don't see him in the long term plans of this team, but. Uh, yeah, man, like, we keep saying it's a good problem to have, but it's really not. <laughs> it's too many guys, man, that, that kind of play, that overlap over each other. So, and you're leaving, you're leaving holes on the floor. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I actually like Kuzma at the five. I think it's been working for him. Like, that 22 rebound, 27 points, 22 rebound. Like, his rebounding number's been crazy, and I think it's because yeah. he's been – he been getting some more minutes at the five, and it's been working for him because Kuzma matched up against a big. He has an advantage. He has a clear quickness, athleticism, shooting advantage against a five, your typical five, or even your typical four for real. Um, so it's 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 working. Like I don't know if I would change it. I don't know if I would change it. Like I kind of initially saw Kuzma as like a four three. But, I mean, having him, like, as a 4-5 has kind of unlocked a new level for him. So, I'm not changing that. Um, 
And then it's kind of like who fits him better as that that true backup big behind Gafford between Trez and and Thomas Bryant. I mean, honestly, my answer will probably be neither. <laughs> like I would prefer to have like a big body, you know, there that can set good screens and, and get on the glass. But it might be Bryant. I don't know. We we gonna have to see, man. That's why we need at least like ten games with everybody back to really see what we have, and then you make a move from that. <clears throat> and then it's, it, we need to get, like, a view of certain guys for, like, a couple weeks window. So if, if that means Trez not really playing and other guys not really playing, like Bertans or whatever, I mean, those guys are going to have to suck it up for a couple weeks. And Wes cannot be afraid to do this. And Tommy and Wes need to have this conversation because you need to see what you have in some of these guys. You need to see what you have in Rui. You need to see what you have in Bryant. You need to find a way to get those two around. Uh, you need Thomas Bryant for me to play at least 20 minutes. And Rui needs to play at least like 27, 28 on average. To me, that's kind of what you need to be looking for. And if that hurts other guys' feelings for a couple weeks, you know, have that conversation with some of those guys. Tell them, hey, you know, it's, you know, this is a business. We're trying to evaluate our roster and, and see what we got with some of these guys. So, a couple of you, it's not that we hate you and we don't want you to play, but we got to see what we have in these two guys um, coming off injury or just coming back into the lineup or whatever. So I hope that that's a conversation that they have, and I hope that that's a conversation that those guys take well. Again, it's nothing personal in, in normal circumstances. Again, they were playing you know, in the 20s, and Trez was playing 31 minutes per game to start the season. I think he's down to 25 now on average, but... Um, you know, I mean, again, it's nothing personal, but you, you got to see. Let me ask you this. What's, what's the nine-man rotation, assuming everybody's healthy, back and healthy? What's okay. your nine-man rotation of you, Wes? Okay, I'm keeping the, the starting five the same. Um, Denny and Rui off the bench. So that's seven. We need a big man. Oh, Trezor Bryant, Trezor Bryant, Trezor Bryant. Um, God damn it. This is a hard one, man. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Gonna, I'm going I'm to go Bryant because talent-wise, I still think Bryant's the most talented center on the roster, so I'm going to go Bryant. Uh, so that's eight, and then one of the point guards, Neto. So that would be my nine. So no Bertans, no Holiday, no Trez, no Kispert. I kind of want to take Denny out and put Bertans in. Uh, That's bold. It's not because he's been shooting the ball. He's been shooting the ball better lately. So you gonna piss a few off with that, man? Oh, kick rocks. Um, (laughs) I don't care about that anymore, man. Fuck off. Um, uh, I'll I'll keep Denny in there, but I um just for shooting purposes because the team is so deprived of it. I almost want to put Bertans. Actually, no, because Denny's defense hasn't even been that good. Whatever, I'll leave Denny in. Whatever, I'm gonna do it before I overthink this. But yeah, that would it's be so my hard, so. the the five Neto, Denny, Rui, and Bryant. That would be my nine. Gotcha. See, I, uh, I'm. I think I'm off the Neto train. Like, I'm. I'm done with the miniature point guards. Like, he's such a liability now. Like, you know, his value last year was kind of being a guy that can attack closeouts and hit open threes. And now he's not even doing that. And so, with him being so small on the defensive end, I've he's pretty much been useless. Like. Like the lad, with the exception of maybe like five or six games, he's been useless. Um, and that Rockets game now, showed me he can still play. He can still play. I, I I'm not a, I'm not a Neto. I, I love Neto. I, he, he does stupid shit sometimes. Granted, but who on this team doesn't? And they're still getting thirty minutes a night. So, you know, I, I like he's a six foot combo guard. Like teams are starting to like pick on him. Like they're they're identifying him. And trying to get him to switch so they have the size advantage. Um, and I just think it's hard. You you already struggle defensively. Like I think you kinda you make your problems worse having him out there. Um, because like I said, the Rockets game, it was just funny. Like that whole three quarters, like it was literally 
Anytime one of them guys saw Neto, Kisper, or Bertans, they were shooting the ball. It was clear out, get out of my way, I'm shooting this. And if they're doing that, imagine what the elite teams are going to do. Um, so for me, those three guys, to me, the bad defenders, I'm eliminating from my rotation. Right, that's why I, I put Denny in for Bertans. Because at the end of the day, I want defenders in. Yeah, like, and, and Kisper, he's not a great defender, but he at least has some size to him. Um, and he's not a guy that you're just going to, you know, just just pick on and, and, and right. well, you know, do, and do he's whatever a rookie, you want. You know? Yeah, and he's a rook. He a rook. Um, but, but, but for me, like, I think we got to eliminate the bad defenders. And like starting five, I probably wouldn't keep the starting five the same, but they they are that starting five is the rotation is in the rotation, of course. And then I'm probably going Denny. Who I miss? Uh, so wait, you said Denny. you're keeping the starting five the same, or you're not? Uh, I guess for now, I honestly I like what it I like what it was at point with point B. Like I, I like that. Um, so who would you start going, then? Beal at the one, KCP at the two, um, and I would go Kuzma at the three with Rui playing that paint, um, and then and then Gafford. Okay. Uh, and then and then the four guys off the bench for me, of course, Dinwiddie at that point, um, and then I would go. I would probably go Thomas Bryant because, again, I think they need to trade Trez. Uh, I think they need so to trade both of them. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so Dinwiddie, Bryant. Um, this is where it gets kind of tough, man. Uh, did I say – did I say I said, I said Dinwiddie, Bryant, and then Dinwiddie. So that's the eight. And then that well, fourth guy? You, no, you just said – you just said Dinwiddie and Bryant. Those are the only two you've said off the bench so far. And so, and then Denny. Denny, Denny okay, Denny, team. okay, okay. So those the those automatic eight right there. Sure. Uh, and then I'm. Uh, man, this it's this, pretty much either is, Kispert or Bertans, then, right? Unless you want to play Holiday, but I'd rather play Kispert than Holiday. Yeah, and this is where <laughs> this is where it gets a little dicey, man. Because I probably, I probably go Anthony Gill here, man. Oh, smart! I like that because I just every time I watch him play, he's solid on both ends of the floor. He makes yep. his open threes. Yeah, he, he he doesn't get out of position on the glass. He plays solid defense. Like he's not a liability in any one area. And I think we keep trying to play guys that, oh, he can shoot. So we just got to live with his liability on a defensive end. Or, uh, you know, he's a great defender. So we just got to live with his liability as a shooter. And we don't have enough guys out there that are just, you know, just solid guys that don't have glaring holes in their game. And I, every time yeah. I watch Gil, he gives solid minutes, man. So yeah, I I would try to build that rotation around, you know, I know, you know, playing Gil, you're playing Gil, Denny, and Thomas Bryant. You know, that's not great shooting, but I feel like you could kind of stagger them around KCP, Kuzma, Beal to get enough shooting. And then you're not so bad defensively that you're like depending on guys to make shots. Like, because I think we're so bad defensively that if we missing threes, it's in it's ball game. That's it. Um, and I would rather be a team that I know night in, night out, we're gonna be a decent defending team. And then whatever we get three point wise, that's just bonus. But we're gonna hang our hats on playing defense on on you know, on that side of the ball. Yeah, you know, I thought about Gil and I tried keeping the the, the first round, like we just drafted you sort of perspective and, you know, we need to see what we have in some of these younger guys. Like I tried keeping that in mind, but now, now let's do this. Let's flip this and say, let's not consider this. Let's, 
let's do the rotation just strictly based off talent without anything else considered. Would your rotation still be the same or would you do it a little bit different? Age, contract, we're not considering any of that. We're just considering talent alone. Yeah, I mean, on talent... Then it would it would you would have to have probably I would probably swap Kisper in for you, um, and then yeah I would probably swap Kisper in for Gil, and then I would probably put oh man. Then he might be out, man. Like, See, I, I, I was thinking that same thing. That's why I wanted your opinion before I said it because I didn't want to catch heat for it. But that's the thing. If you go strictly based off talent and a nine-man rotation, Denny Avdia is not in it. But it's like – because I don't want to sound like I'm, this is, I'm picking on Denny because no, I, I think no. Denny is a solid player. I just – if – if you're six nine and you can't make layups, can't dunk, can't dribble can't with your dunk, left hand, can't shoot, can't shoot, you don't make free sometimes. throws. Like your defense will have to be like <laughs> Scotty Pippen level <laughs> in order for that to be acceptable. So then it's like, okay, well, do I put in a guy like Kispert, who, yeah, not he may not be a ten level defender, but maybe he's a He's a six-level defender, but then on offense, you know, you get a significant bump. So, uh, oh man, that's tough, man. That's tough. I, I think, I think the answer is we need to consolidate some of these guys and get a real legitimate player in here, so that we're not trying to. Uh, it's it's not so much overlapping talent with major holes in their game. Yeah. But no, that's why I wanted to ask because I was thinking about it just now when you when you had put Anthony Go in your rotation and I'm like I, I know Denny was still in there too but I'm like you know when I think about it Anthony Gill is probably better than Denny like like strictly based off like whatever I see out on the floor like I get intangibles like length size all that look I get it I get it first round pick I get it he needs time he's only twenty I get it right 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 I'm just right. going based off like talent and what I see from guys when they're out there on the floor, like when Gil came in for that Chicago game or whatever, like he was playing well and dudes were still beating him up. Like there's this like assumption that when guys are at the end of your bench, like they're the worst player ever. So whenever they do anything wrong, even in the slightest, like everyone just jumps on to hate them. But generally speaking, I don't think there's ever been a time where Anthony Gillis checked into a game and I'm like, please get this guy out. Like whenever he checked into the game, actually, I'm like, this is refreshing for me. Yeah, he always gives solid minutes. I've never watched him and be like, oh, my God, get him out of the game. Like, it's never been that. I just yeah. think he's one of the vets that just – he don't really have a – he don't play outside of his strengths. He don't try to dribble the ball. He don't try to play make. He comes in. He plays hard. He fundam- He's fundamentally sound. He takes open shots. He he moves the ball if it's, if needed. He rebounds decent enough. And he, he's not a liability anywhere. And I think right. there's something that could be said for that. Like, you know, like we're playing guys and we're hoping and praying, you know, that they, they, they work on their weaknesses. But a lot of these guys we're playing have major holes and they get compounded when, you know, you're missing shots, you know. So <clears throat> that's why I, for me, he would be playing. He would be I would definitely be playing him over Bertans. Right. Um and and you know so that's kind of where I'm at. Where I think Gil should be playing, man, based on the options we have. Yeah, I think so too. That's why I wanted to get your opinion on it because I was thinking my whole time. I'm like, if we did if we did talent based on the nine man rotation, Denny's probably not suiting up for me in that instant. I I wanted to get your opinion first on it to see if it can maybe change my mind. But nope, you agreed with me. So yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to to do that and go over that. And again, for anyone like, oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Dude, I get it. Like 20 year old, like you just drafted him. Ideally, he's going to get better. You know, I get it. But with these young players, like there is no guarantee that these guys improve to uh, like, like a significant amount. Like to me, 
how much better is Denny today than from the Denny we got game one last season? To me, it's not really by much, if at all. Not much different at all. Yeah, yeah. it's not much different. I just think he's 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 fouling less, so I think his defensive impact has been better. But yeah, I mean, if you just look at skill for skill, like rim finishing, shooting the mid range free throws, three pointer, it's been about the same. I'll give um, his mid range credit because his mid range, I feel like, has gotten a little bit better, but. I say this with him not really having that many opportunities last year. I think that the, the reason, you know, he's actually getting chances such to do that. Volume, as far as he even really quantify it, like he's right. not, you know, it's not like they running curls for him, you know, off the free throw line and, and he's shooting it. Like he, he shoots us at such a low volume that you can't even really say if it's good or not. So um, yeah. he's got a long way to go on that offensive side of the ball, but. Uh, hopefully he can keep playing at a super high level defensively, so it don't really matter. Yeah, um, I want I want Denny to be sort of that defensive guy in the rotation, so we're like how we were at the beginning of the season when when he checks in, guys are like, ah, shit, and then like he'll strap the the Jason Tatum's the the who, whatever name your offensive wing here, you know, he can go in there and strap him. But at this point, I think his defense has kind of fallen off a little bit and. If you if you can bring back a veteran like a Jeremy Grant or Sabonis or whatever, I mean, yeah, I have no problem moving on from him at all. So that's kind of where I stand with yeah. that. But any anything else you want to get on before we get out of here? Yeah, man. Uh, next eight games straight are at home, man. They got to take advantage of that. Like, go win six of them. Three and five. It's coming. <laughs> The biggest meltdown ever. I mean, I was like the other night when we lost to the Rockets, I was like, holy crap. Like, I I wasn't as mad as we were when we lost that Kings game, but I was pretty heated. But I tried to just like, I don't know. I guess I was just like, I'm just going to accept this night for what it is because we had just come off that DeRozan bull crap. And then we got that. I was like, this is just fate at this point. And I swear to God, if Beal didn't block that Gary Harris shot last night, that shit was going in too. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, but eight games at home. Let's take it. Let's go back on another one. Let's go. What do we got? You said eight. Let's let's go six and two. Let's go seven and one. Why not? And then by that, if we do that, we'll be back up in that in that five six territory. If we do that. Yeah, but a whole different conversation if that happened, man. Now. <laughs> Now that bullets forever gonna be posting the Lombardi again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, it'll be hilarious. But I, I hope they do it, man. I, I would like to not have, uh, you know, uh, just sorrow talk uh, after these games, even after W's, man. Like I would like to see us stack a couple dominating victories together. It's so crazy, too, with how, like, the conversation about this team can change on a day-in and day-out basis. And you said this, too, but it's because, like, when they win and and we see them, like, win a couple or a few games in a row, this is the team that we saw at the beginning of the season and we're like, this is what we expected and now we're getting it so now we can get on the right track and we can start making them talking about, like, making winning moves and stuff like that. But but when they start losing games, it's – we've been so used to losing for so long and losing to bad teams, it's like – well, now it's so Wizards all over again. So it's pretty crazy how we're kind of in a, a very polarized territory now where one win and one loss can drastically change the mood of the direction that fans want this team to go in. Welcome to fandom of a 500 ball club. When they lose, <sighs> it's blow it up. When they win, it's sign Kuzma to a max. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess real quick, um, but before, I, I think we've been on here for... I mean, a while now. I don't know how long we've been on here. It's probably about an hour now. Uh, how do you feel about Kuzma, generally speaking, at this point? I mean, I know he's still on the contract or whatever, but like, if it had to come down to moving him for like a a Sabonis or, um, I mean, I guess that's the only player you really could move him for to where it'd be acceptable. But I mean, even I guess that's depending on who you ask. But I mean, generally speaking, just how do you feel about Kyle Kuzma right now? Do you think that? This is sustainable. Do you think that this is a guy we we build around at this point, or do you still sort of view him as a guy that's here? And if a better opportunity comes around, then ship him out while he has value. Yeah, it depends on who that guy is. Like if you're if you're giving me 
if I can get Carl Anthony Towns, oh well, I'll drive. Oh, well, to yeah, the airport. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like if you're asking me, would I trade Kyle Kuzma for Jeremy Grant? No, the answer to no. that would be no. No, yeah, um, it would. It would have to be somebody that's like a legitimate star. Like I know, like it's not about it's not about debating. Oh, some days he's better, some days the other guy. Like no, it has to be legitimately like this guy is a better basketball player than Kyle Kuzma. Then I do yeah. because I think they found something with him as a guy that is just a versatile six foot ten, you know, multi positional forward. Like can play the four, the five, the three. Um, his shooting kind of goes hot and cold, but I think he's a player that if he comes into the game with the mindset of I'm gonna be six ten and get to the rim, yep, and get to the rim, play inside out, put a guy on your hip, drop that shoulder. Dunk on him, lay up over top of him. If he plays stars games that way, he is. This can be sustainable. But that's an all star level player to me. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the fact that he's on the glass as much as he is tells me that he's he's he is really really giving effort and energy on that end. So for yep. me, if. It's a mindset thing with him. It's kind of the same thing with Dinwiddie. Like, what is the mindset? It's not so much to me about the numbers. It's about the approach to the game. So if he approaches the game like a 6'10 big, he's going to be a problem, man. Like, because he has, like I was saying it the other day, I don't feel like like Pascal Siakam is more naturally talented than Kyle Kuzma. No, like, not I just at think, all. No. I just think Siakam kind of sticks to what he does. Like, he got like two or three moves. He got the spin move in the lane. He got the little mid-range pull-up. And if he see a little man in the paint, he going right at his chest and he putting it on their head. Like, he don't make stuff difficult. You don't see him out there trying to cross guys up, taking step backs, you know, spin. Like, he ain't trying to do all that. He stick to what he know. Um, and he's become an all-star because of it. And I think Kuzma can do the same thing. And he can play both sides of the ball. Like, that's what you want. Yes. I agree. And, and the crazy thing with Kuzma is I don't even think that he's really even like that talented, but it's about his mindset, I think, is what makes him unique. And sometimes that mindset will turn into some negative things. Like, again, when you start trying to go ISO and you lose the ball or, you know, you you do the step back contested fadeaway turnaround jumpers, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, I mean. But if you do a lot of things well over the course of the game, to me, like, yeah, it may be frustrating, but at least you earn that a little bit. And I feel like for the, the better part of however many games now, I feel like he's earned that, but he's still doing more good things than not. And, I mean, it's even whenever he gets into the paint, as long as he's not fading away, I mean, it could be a floater, it could be a hook shot. It, it feels like it almost always goes in. So that's something I want to see if there's, like, something that they keep track on is, like – how many shots does Kuzma get in the paint area in terms of outside the paint area and then the percentages to go along with that? Now, I think that obviously for most people, shooting in the paint is going to lead to a better percentage, but I'd be curious over the, the, the however many games we've had now, the stretch of the ratio of shots that Kuzma has in the paint area as opposed to outside. I think that'd be an interesting number to look at. Yeah, I was actually, I'm trying to find it. There was somebody that tweeted. Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, yeah, it says Kuz is averaging 12 drives per game over the last seven games and is shooting 60% at the rim. Um, Can we get that from, from Dinwiddie? Uh, Jesus. Yeah, that's from uh, at Kevin Folly NBA. Um, yeah, oh, okay. like, and that, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, get to the rim, man. Like, you're 6'10 with good quickness. Like, guys aren't quick. Like, forwards and bigs aren't quick enough to stay with you. And then little guys aren't big enough to stop you. So use that. Don't bail them out by shooting fadeaway threes. Like, that helps nobody. Um, you know, now if it's an open three, it's in rhythm, shoot that, of course. Um, but, yeah, don't force that because you don't have to. Not when you're 6'10". Yeah. Yeah. But I'm hoping that we can keep this up because if he can keep playing this level of play, like this is someone that you look at and you say next to Beal, like long-term you two are a part of what we're trying to do here. So I hope that 
he keeps playing this way because he's on a good contract for the next couple of seasons too. And if you need to pay him a little bit of money after that, you know, that's a different conversation. But at least for these next two seasons, I mean, you're going to have to super max Beal or whatever, and I get it. But if you can keep your starting power forward or starting – however you view Kuzma, I, I still think he's a four. But if you have another starter who can play at an all-star level making $13 million, especially with the cap going up, that's a steal, man. That's a steal. For sure. And I, and I think his skill set is one that doesn't get in the way of Beals. Like he's not a he's not competing for backcourt touches with Beal. Um, <clears throat> you know, he can catch rebounds and just push it and go finish over top of guys, kind of get his own shot. Like right. he doesn't need he doesn't get in Beals way. And he also doesn't need Beal to get shots for him. So no. I think as a pairing, it can work. Um, he's just yeah. got to play 610 every game. Right. The, the the guys that we've seen play next to, to Bealwell, I mean, you can go to, to Russ, you can go to Wall, whoever. The best guys that, that play with Beal are the, the ones that are aggressive and try and get to the rim. And position aside, I mean, if Dinwiddie was doing the same thing, would we be having this conversation about Dinwiddie right, right now? You know, probably not. You know, we, we'd be praising Dinwiddie up and down, left and right, whatever you want to call it. But now that we're getting it from someone – and that someone happens to be Kuzma, and you mix that in with the being able to make clutch shots in the fourth, and um, you know just being an aggressor on the offensive end, getting into the paint, asserting yourself. I mean that's that's a that's a great fit next to be a long term. I think if you can keep this up, now you you want to see it maybe be a little bit more consistent. I'm not saying go off for 25 points and 20 rebounds every night. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, just don't have those nights where you just – you take a couple fadeaways and now you're out of the game. Like, that's that's the that's the thing I don't want to see from him. I want to see consistency in terms of tendencies. And, you know, some nights you're not going to hit shots. That is what it is. But tendency-wise, can you have that same consistency? That's what I want to see from Kuzma going forward. Yeah, so far the last, what, nine games, he's been doing it, man. So I hope he keep it up. Same. It'd be nice to, again, with how strapped this team is going to be with Beal on the Supermax, you're going to need to find value in, in contracts, and, and someone's going to have to give you more than what they're making. And I think that that guy is probably going to be Kuzma if it's going to be anyone. So I'm glad that Kuzma's playing well. I'm glad the Wizards got a win. I hope that we can get some wins here on this eight-game homestand and get back up in the standings where we belong around five or six, that that should be the goal, that the goal should not to be a play-in team. And hopefully we can get on another solid run here because I still think, and like you said, uh, the, you can't be picky because the Wizards have been so bad for so long, but this team is a lot better than what they've been showing recently. And I, it's about time that they start putting it together, especially with guys coming back. So, Yeah. Well, all right. I think it's going to go ahead and do it for us here today. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe. If you're already subscribed, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Rate us five stars. Leave us a comment. You can DM me if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns. And we will see you next time. Got a secret handshake And she loves the music that my band makes I know I'm young But if I had to choose her or the sun I'd be one night total son